0: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Made it to a Friday Traeger Meat Friday Chili Dogs today for the Danettes. Glad you're part of the program. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Just saw this article. The Knicks approval rating among NBA players is reportedly at rock bottom after releasing a late bland statement about racism. ESPN's Brian Windhorst said, the Knicks will have a hard time selling themselves to free agents, while former NBA player Karan Butler said players and those around the league take notice of the team's handling of such issues. Uh, I don't mean to be a buzzkill to Brian Windhorst, but Brian... Free agents were coming to the Knicks prior to this. I can't expect that they would be coming now for any other reason other than money. The Knicks, according to Brian Windhorst, their uh, rating or approval rating amongst players is so low right now, it's devastating for their hopes to appeal to anybody to say, come play, play for us going forward. Uh, Wendy said this on uh, First Take. Kevin Durant said that uh, playing for the Knicks is not cool at the moment. Because I thought Kevin Durant all along was leaving Golden State and he was going to go to the Knicks and then he would get together with Kyrie Irving and all of a sudden they would bring glory and joy back to New York City and Madison Square Garden. I did not know that the Knicks were that far down on the totem pole with approval rating, but I'm not surprised at all. So they weren't getting free agents before this. They're definitely not getting free agents after this. Coming up, we'll talk to Doug Williams, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl 22. He threw four touchdown passes in the second quarter of that game. No quarterback has thrown four touchdowns in a single quarter in the Super Bowl. Nobody has even three touchdown passes in a single quarter in a Super Bowl. And if you remember that Super Bowl against Denver, Doug Williams went down and it looked like he had a serious knee injury. And then he came back and they blew out the Broncos. But uh, he uh, threw three touchdown passes of at least 25 yards in Super Bowl twenty-two. The only other quarterback to do that in a single Super Bowl, Joe Montana, did it two years later in Super Bowl twenty-four. So Doug Williams will join us. The reason or reasons Doug was a first-round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A black quarterback going that high was really rare, and he was playing on bad teams in Tampa. Then they got close. They almost went to the Super Bowl, went to the NFC title game, lost that. Probably could have changed the fortunes of Tampa forever if they had gone on to that Super Bowl. Doug eventually went to the USFL, Uh, He wanted more money from Tampa. They weren't going to pay him. Went to the uh, USFL, then went to the Washington Redskins and uh, worked his way up to being the starter, won a Super Bowl. They're basing a movie off his life. So uh, Doug Williams, former grambling coach and quarterback, will join us coming up in a little bit. Also, Judd Apatow, great producer, director, writer, comedian, gave us Bridesmaids, gave us 40-year-old virgin. Now he's got The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. So we'll talk to Judd. He'll join us uh, coming up. Live sports this weekend. Soccer, boxing, golf. I'm ready. I don't care who's playing. I'm watching. It's live and I'm ready to go. Uh, Poll question, McLovin. Are we going to go what we had from the first hour?
3: Yeah, I went with, um, would you rather win five non-major golf tournaments or one major? One major is barely winning 52-48 right now.
2: Well, if I know I'm winning the Masters, I'm taking the Masters.
3: I think you take the PGA
2: even. I, I might, depending on what five tournaments I'm going to win, because I can look at the paycheck for those and uh, you know what kind of status does that help me become on the PGA Tour. You know, Do I get, you know, I'm going to be on tour, then I'm guaranteed to be in X number of events if I win those events and how much money I make? Yeah, Paul.
4: So, but nothing against these sponsors or anything like that, but they, they're interchangeable. So let's say you won the Safeway Open, the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, the Bermuda Championship the Mayakoba Golf Classic, and the QBE Shootout. No one remembers any of those. Those are five random ones from the from the season this
2: year. Yeah, but if I get to pick my five, then that's different. Because
3: mm-hmm.
2: then I'm going to take the Players' Championship to start. Yes, McClellan.
3: Remember that year that Tiger won a bunch of regular season tournaments and didn't yes. win a major? Everyone said, kind of implied that wasn't a great year, or it's good, even though he's golfer of the year. It was a letdown that he didn't. Yeah, but
2: so he was golfer of the year, and went 0 for four in the majors. Now, to Tiger, that's a bad year. That's not a bad year for just about any other golfer. By the way, since 2014, the New York Knicks winning percentage—they win 30 percent of the time. 30 percent of the time—that's worst in the NBA. And, and then I'm looking at seeing who they're going to bring in as a head coach. Tom Thibodeau, call him Tibbs is well-respected, free agents aren't going to go play for Tom Thibodeau. You know, does Jason Kidd get an opportunity here? Now they're talking about bringing back Mike Woodson, who used to be there, who shouldn't have gotten fired. But you got to get somebody in there who's going to breathe some life into that franchise. Because when you think of the Knicks, you think of their owner. And that's not what you want to think of when you're a fan or a player who might want to play there. Yeah, McClellan.
3: Is it a big selling point that if you play for the Knicks, you won't get stuck down in Orlando during a pandemic playoff series?
2: <laughs> so that'd be the reason why yeah. they would go there. In case another pandemic yeah. breaks out, hey, I'm to... on the Knicks. I don't have to worry about going there and being quarantined in the bubble. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Change comes at different paces. Sometimes it's a slow trickle over years. year. Sometimes it comes right at us all at once in a hurry. And this week in sports, it's been the latter. It started last Friday when the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, said the NFL was wrong about stopping players from protesting. Also said Black Lives Matter. Then this week, NASCAR surprised many by announcing the Confederate flag would be prohibited at races. Other leagues, teams, players have made statements, joined protests, took to social media. Sometimes hard to tell what is really genuine there. You know, what is just in the moment, where are people going to be in six months, a year from now? The real evidence of people's intentions will come out when we see results. And it seems like we're seeing some. And as tough as this month has been, there are reasons to be hopeful. And hopeful that we work on this collectively and make people's lives better. I guess everything is political, including these statements that I'm making. But I think that most of us want the same thing. We want our country to be better. I know it sounds hollow. I made it sound disingenuous, but it's also what we aspire to. Through it all, you want the country to be better. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick is going to get a job. I said I didn't think he was going to, and I've had that opinion for the last four years. I just, there's nothing that's changed with Colin Kaepernick except for he's gotten older. We don't know if he's gotten better as a football player. Feels like that the NFL is a little more tolerant with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. And other players, I think Patrick Mahomes is the key to all of this. And I'll explain. When Michael Vick went to prison for killing dogs, when he came out, Andy Reid brought him into Philadelphia as a backup quarterback. There were protests, but they moved past that. And Michael Vick proved that he could still play. Now granted, he's younger, three years younger than Colin Kaepernick is right now. Patrick Mahomes has the most secure job in the NFL right now, right? Won a Super Bowl. He's going to get paid 40 to $50 million. He's respected. He's well-liked. Comes from a mixed marriage. His mother is white. Father's black. Father, former uh, baseball player. And he's been speaking up. He's been speaking out. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, if Colin Kaepernick goes anywhere, is going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks head coach, says an NFL team called him about Colin Kaepernick, and here is Pete Carroll talking about that.
3: I regret that that didn't happen in some fashion. I wish we would have contributed to it because the guy deserved to play. I thought at the time, it just, in our situation as a backup, man, I didn't, I didn't feel it was right to, at that time. So I had to make that football decision. It was about our team and, and the situation. We had our starting quarterback and all of that. And uh, it wasn't going to be the open com- competitive situation that I'd like to think all of our spots are because Russ was such a dominant figure and all that. So anyway, that's what happened. And uh, I wish we, People who had called me during the time before we ever got him in say, "Hey, he'd be he'd be great in your program. He may not be able to play here or there, but he sure, certainly could play for you." I agreed with that. He could play for us. He could have been a, a fantastic player in a program. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And then when you look back, I, I felt like we missed the opportunity. And, and so as I look back at it, I wish we we could have figured it out and known known what we know now and given him the chance because uh, I would love to see him play football all those years.
2: I don't know what you know now that you didn't know then, Pete. Other than he's what, three years older, four years older, and you have a secure quarterback. I think at the time, if you brought in Colin Kaepernick, which I thought Seattle was going to sign him, I thought Baltimore or Seattle was going to sign him. And I think at the time, if you said to Colin Kaepernick, hey, we're going to bring you in, just so you know, we have an established quarterback with Russell Wilson. I mean, you have Geno Smith right now. Is Colin Kaepernick better than Geno Smith? Probably so. At his best, he certainly is. And Pete says, I don't know why we didn't sign him. Like, there had to be a reason why you didn't sign him. Did you feel like, hey, that's not fair to Russell Wilson? But now you get... And then you tease us by saying somebody called you about Colin Kaepernick. But then you don't tell us who called you about Colin Kaepernick. And then you say, well, hey, if I know, if I knew now what I knew, knew then, blah, 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 whatever... I should have, you know, we should have signed where we could bring him in, whatever. It, this goes back to what I said, you know, hey, everybody wanted to draft Russell Wilson, but nobody did through the first three rounds. Hey, we thought about bringing in Colin Kaepernick. Oh, uh, but we have a backup quarterback. Okay. I don't know if somebody's going to bring him in. And if they do, and you're Colin Kaepernick, why are you being brought in? Now we feel sorry for you? Now we feel like we have to give you a handout? Kaepernick wants to earn a job. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk said that uh, he was reporting, Kaepernick is in great shape and more motivated to play than ever before. Okay. I... If he goes into Kansas City, he knows he's not starting, but he's back in the league, and then people are going to watch what Colin Kaepernick does. And then maybe it's sort of a, a way station, a safe house for him, and then maybe he can get a job someplace. Maybe. That was what my thought process was, that Andy Reid can do no wrong in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is the most important player in the NFL. Most powerful player in the NFL. If Mahomes, who got hurt last year, if Mahomes said to Andy Reid, or vice versa, what do you think about bringing in Cap? I'm going to guess that both of those guys would probably look at this as in a football uh, situation and say, yeah, that's a good backup for a guy who got injured last year. Now, you got Matt Moore, I believe, but if you're going to bring him in, he needs to know okay, I'm not going to be the starting quarterback. But you're on a team, you get to play. And Andy Reid will probably take the hit, if there is a hit. Maybe it's around the league, maybe not so much in Kansas City. But if Patrick Mahomes said, now might not be fair to Matt Moore, but if you're going to bring in Colin Kaepernick, I thought that might be the place. I thought Baltimore would be, but then I don't know how delicate it is if you bring in Kaepernick and then you're releasing a black quarterback in Robert Griffin Junior the 3rd. I don't know if you know this the, the sensitivity was something like that. I don't know. But I thought Seattle was going to, I thought Baltimore was going to, and the more I think about it, Kansas City to me makes the most sense. Yeah, Paul Staying
4: with Kansas City, you've said that you don't think Callan Kaepernick should or will take a backup job in the NFL, but if you're Kaepernick and you think to yourself, if I sign with the Chiefs, there's a solid chance that I'm standing on the sidelines during the national anthem of the Super Bowl next year or playing on a Super Bowl team. The biggest stage in all of sports, a two-week media blitz around you, even, even though you're the backup, two weeks where the Chiefs you know—the Chiefs are the favorites next year, right? Yeah. Think about that uh, if, if you're thinking about both football and spreading your message. What better team?
2: Well, this is what I was told by a TV executive yesterday, and he said... Teams are going to want to know what's the most, what's more important to you, social cause or football? Because if it's football, then you got to show us that football is more important. Social activism is one thing. And this was going to make teams a little concerned. I don't want to say nervous, but they would be concerned about this because are you here because of a cause? Are you here because you want to play football? If Mike Florio is right, that Kaepernick is more motivated than ever, then you want to see that motivation, being able to play. And I just think getting back into that routine, even if you're going to be a backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes, could he compete for other jobs around the league? Yes. But owners want to see what he will be like, how he handles himself. And we might get to the point, this is three months from now, with all the social activism and protesting, do we get to the point where, because Colin Kaepernick took a knee because he wanted to shed a light on this? The light has been shed on this, many lights. It's really bright right now. Do you need to then kneel during the anthem to bring light, bring this to light? You've already done that. You might say, okay, mission accomplished when it comes to a football game and an anthem we're not going to we're not going to kneel we don't need to we're going to do other things and that's what i'm curious about in 3 months from now that's a long long time we're 3 months into this pandemic and look at where we are right now to where we were 3 months ago where are we going to be as a society in 3 months where will we be football wise and we might get to a point where And I don't want to speak for the African-American players. I'm just looking at this thinking, you've shed a light on this, which is what Kaepernick wanted. Eric Reed wanted. Malcolm Jenkins wanted. So what is the next step? And that's what I'm curious about when it comes to this, because it could open the door for Kaepernick to get a legitimate chance, because Kaepernick could say, We're doing this now. We're moving forward with this. We have mission accomplished with what we wanted to do back in 2016. And I think that the next stage is what's important for these players. And leading the charge is Patrick Mahomes. We'll take a break. Doug Williams certainly went through his fair share of racism. And uh, he'll tell you some of those stories. Known Doug a long time. And the highs and lows of... Coming out of Grambling, being a first-round pick. Then you go to the woeful Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and in two years, they're on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. They go to the NFC title game. And remember they had Ricky Bell, the Selman brothers? They had a good team. Good team. And uh, got to the NFC title game. And then after that, he wanted more money and uh, went to the USFL, got back into the NFL and had one of the great performances in uh, Super Bowl history, Super Bowl twenty-two. And now they're making a movie on his life. Should be good radio coming up. Doug Williams will join us. We'll take a break here. Uh, Coming up on 19 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
5: All right, everybody, game off.
1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: The truly brilliant all-electric EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz features some of the smartest tech ever to grace four wheels. With Dynamic Select, you can fine-tune hundreds of vehicle settings to precisely match your driving style. And available in off-road mode, transparent hood lets you see through the sheet metal to steer clear of bumps and potholes directly beneath you. How about that? A 360 array of cameras and sensors constantly alerting you for danger, while 64-color ambient lighting lets you fully customize the ambiance inside the spacious cabin. The EQE SUV is so smart, even the headlights are thinking. Optional digital light technology projects navigation markings and warnings on the road ahead as you drive. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Test drive the EQE SUV. Learn more at mbusa.com slash eqe-suv. Oh, I always love spending some time with Doug Williams, the Redskins Senior Vice President of Player Development. First round pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 1978. Got a, a biopic based on his life coming out. Doug joins us on the program. Wow, that's quite a tiger you have behind us. You're a grambling tiger behind us, Doug. That's menacing. Oh, do you have your mute, uh, your mute button on?
7: Yes, I'm sorry. There you go. No, I got to know how to run this stuff, man. Everything is
2: technology. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> I thought you were on a silent count at the line of scrimmage there, and you weren't saying anything. Of course, no, I
7: was in the stadium.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, take me back. Um, I know that you have a, a, a book, an autobiography uh, called Quarter Black. Um, why do you respond, or why did you title it the uh, Quarter Black.
7: Well, you know, because everywhere I went, when I came out, uh, Dan, if you can remember, and going to Tampa, every article that was written, it was never Doug Williams, the quarterback of the Buccaneers. It, it was either Tampa Bay's black quarterback or either Doug Williams, Tampa Bay's black quarterback. And and if you read early in the book, I always say, they the one who tied it quarterback quarter black. So that was a good name for the book at the time. <laughs>
2: And I remember, didn't somebody ask you how long you'd been a black quarterback when you were at the Super Bowl?
7: That was the one media day. Bush, <laughs> a guy named Bush Jones, bless his soul, he's, he's gone on to heaven now. Uh, I knew Bush because he worked in Jackson, Mississippi with the paper, but... I, and I looked at that from a standpoint, you got a guy, he was nervous, he wanted to get his questions out because so many people was around. I don't think he meant it the way it came out. And he just wanted to know how long I've been a black quarterback. Well, my answer <laughs> to him was... Uh, since I left Bramley. Because when I was at Gramlin, I wasn't a black quarterback.
2: <laughs> I wonder if the Buccaneers didn't draft you in the first round. I wonder if you would have been drafted in the first round. Do you think you still would have been taken in the first I, round?
7: I, I do. I really do. It, it was either two teams. I think that was a great possibility. Um, and, and let me say it before I get there. June Jones. I think we all know who June Jones are. Yeah. June Jones was the backup quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons behind Steve Bakowski. And we played the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Tampa, and the Falcons played. And after the game, June Jones walked up to me. And he said, man, it's a shame. He said, cause actually, you should have been the number one pick in the whole draft. And, and you know, that's, that's to here that, but I think Tampa was smart enough to know that black quarterback coming out in 1978 they could trade and get some draft picks and everything, and I probably would still be there at, at number 17. And they made that move, so that's what happened. But I do believe two other teams, and, and, and just, just from, the, from um, conversation with these teams during that time, and that was either the Dallas Cowboy, Gil Bryan, and, 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 and John Wooten talked to them a lot at that particular time. And the other one was Bart Starr at Green Bay.
2: Oh, that would have been interesting.
7: But Green Bay had two draft picks that year. Uh, they picked Jane Lofton, and I don't know who they picked down. Uh, I think they was picking 26 early on and then number 26. So I could have easily been the late pick for, for uh, the Green Bay Packers.
2: How did you keep this inside? What you, you, know, you were experiencing racism at the time, but I don't know to what degree.
7: Well, for me to be able to handle it, and even to today – uh, Dan, you know, I think I handled it with handled it with a lot of grace because, number one, I grew up in uh South Louisiana, and I understood what racism was way back when, you know, born in 1955, so I was in, you know, young boy during the civil rights time, so you, when you sit around, you hear your grandmother and your granddaddy, your mom, your dad talk about what's going on, you know, I, I knew every Friday night uh from crossroad to crossroad, where I lived, that was a uh, across and crossroad down to my right was about a mile, and down to my left was about a mile. And in between there, it was all black family. So every Friday night, uh, that was a cross burning at those those intersections. And you know, all the men in the neighborhood, when the cross go up, would get in their cars and trucks, you know, with their guns and stuff to try to find out who was burning the cross. You know, it's one of those scare tactics back in the day as to stay in your place. And I can remember going on the way to Baton Rouge, a small town. Uh, actually, Zachary, I'm in Zachary small town baker. I remember stopping at the red light one time, a little boy in the back of the car with my dad, and actually a guy with a hood came up to to give us a pamphlet of the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, that's how prevalent it was back in the day. So you understood what you was up against back in those days.
2: Wait, a member of the KKK gave you a
7: pamphlet? Your dad a pamphlet? My dad didn't take it. I mean, he walked into the, the car at the red light. It was kind of like when you you go place and you see people who are, who are kind of uh, homeless asking for money. At the yeah, light. they was walking around passing out pamphlets, and everybody who stopped at at the red light, I guess, recruiting for the Ku Klux
2: How'd your dad explain why they're burning a cross and why these these men are wearing sheets over their heads?
7: Well, the most important thing for us was, you know, five boys, three girls was always be in the right place at the right time. Don't get caught in situations that something cruel can happen to you. Um, you know, my dad and him always talked about some of the things that happened. You know, you talk about people getting, you know, murdered and stuff like that. Nobody ever find out what happened to them. You know, things like that. He just, it was almost a scare tactic back in the day as don't do this. And, and I remember when LSU and um, Ole Miss played, you know, The highway that i live off was like a main strip from mississippi all the way to baton rouge we call it i lived off plank road highway 67. and when they played each other when when old miss had to come to baton rouge we was not allowed to be on the streets at that particular time because crazy stuff happened people throw stuff out the window and uh, i did one day going from my my house to my grandmother's house who lived about a half a mile down and walking on the neutral ground Got hit in the face with a chocolate malt, you know, just so it had to be chocolate so it tastes pretty good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's Doug Williams, Redskins senior vice president of player development, a former Super Bowl MVP. You know, I thought of Super Bowl 22. Timmy Smith, your running back, he was number 20. Was he? What was his number?
7: Timmy's 36.
2: 36. Tony yeah. Lilly was 22, wasn't he? Tony was t- 22. Tony Lilly was the defensive back of the Broncos. I felt bad. You were picking on Tony Lilly in Super Bowl 20. You were picking on 22 in Super Bowl 22, Doug, weren't you? I wasn't
7: picking on him. He just happened to be in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony, so, got, Tony remember, got burned. I, I remember the Ricky Grant TD on the play action, on, on a 60-counter play action. You know, we ran the 60-counter so well all the time, and he came up and bit on the run. And it was almost like it was almost like when 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 Ricky went behind him, I could see him turn around and saying, "Damn!"
2: <laughs> I think he's a high school coach now
7: in this area. He's a high school coach in the Virginia area. I saw him about uh, about three years ago. Him and I talking about
2: three years. You should ago. just show up in your Redskins jersey and with a the football there and see his <laughs> no. reaction there.
7: I wouldn't do that. Him and I talked about it. He, you know, he, he laughed about it today, and I think we all got a good laugh out of it. Uh,
2: now, you know, it was more overt. You were mentioning the racism that you faced, but then you get into the NFL where it's a little more covert, it it feels like. Uh, what was that like, the difference of growing up, and then you go to the NFL where you think, I'm a first-round draft pick, I'm successful. We are almost going to the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the worst team in football two years earlier. And then what happens?
7: Well, you know the thing about it—that's old cliche. You you can't go no further south than than Florida. <laughs> and I was in, <laughs> I was in Tampa, Florida. And uh, you know, when I first got there, my first year was good. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we ended up five and seven. My my five and, and, and eleven. My my rookie year, I got my jaw broke and all that. And Ricky Bale, bless his soul. Yeah. Consoled me probably every week when things weren't going well and people was booing. Ricky Bell was the one to put his arms around me and say, hey, I've had to go through it, man. It's tough, but just just keep going forward. And uh, the second year was was great, Dan, you know, because we was winning. We, we we won the first five games out the box and uh, had to – we lost three in a row down the stretch and had to win the last game of the year in order to get in the playoffs. And we did that 3 nothing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was almost that old cliche from worst to first. So that was great. But the next couple of years, you know, the fans was a little different. I can remember <laughs> walking to the sideline, and there was a lady in the stands. I've I seen it now with some replays. lady in the stand, and had a little black doll. Looked like it was on a rope, just dangling. <laughs> I guess they let's hang him, you know? Oh no! But got fan mail. You know, you get fan mail with no no uh, return address. You open it up, and you just throw it in the trash can. But the one that really got me was I had a nice box. I, and I, you know, it's amazing how much time it took to wrap this box. And when I opened that box, it was a rotten watermelon in there and a note. Let's say, throw it to these end. They can catch this. I mean, that was truly amazing to take that much time to put a rotten watermelon in there to write a, a rotten note.
2: But you had almost taken this team to the Super Bowl and then these fans turned on you that quickly?
7: Well,. Then, you know, we all got to be real. 1978, it wasn't so much about um, turn-on. It's the idea you got a black quarterback. You got a black quarterback. and You know, it was almost unheard of. It wasn't used to it. No matter what you did, it wasn't good enough. And that, that's just the way it was. And I understood that. You know, uh, Coach Rob used to always tell us, hell, you just got to go out and out play them. You know, and ain't and nothing they could do about it. If you can play at Grammy, you can play anywhere. And that's the attitude we took. And I had my oldest brother to confide in and, and James Harris, who I called all the time. But the good thing I had uh, John McKay. I had John McKay. Here's a guy that had, in 1965 in, in the middle of the civil rights movement, uh, Jimmy Jones was his quarterback. Yeah. I think it lets you know it wasn't about color with John McKay with his quarterback. And he felt like he always told me, he said, Doug, ain't no doubt about it. He say, you know, the best athlete going to play for me. And, and the best player, he'd say, so you don't have to worry about it. And, and you know, always what's uh, fun of what Coach McKay said.
2: And he was so I, – I don't want to say ahead of his time. I mean, he, he was, but everybody should have been ahead of their time or it, it should have been what was real in the moment. But here's a guy who you guys – he takes a USC team to Alabama – and all of a sudden, Bear Bryant sees these great athletes there and all of a sudden says, I got to get me some of those great athletes there. And it was well, – you
7: know, the thing about Coach McCabe, you know, he was he was passionate about his players. And he didn't care what color they were. Uh, at one point before I got there, I can remember they told me that he was going up in the stand at a fan for for somebody to yell at him, I'd take them in back to the California. You know, because he had a bunch of guys from California off the USC team. And rightfully so, they, they was winning so you, you want guys who can win, but Coach McKay protected his players no matter what color they were, and I thought that was a plus.
2: Wasn't there a time when you were starting in the NFL? I don't know if this was Tampa, maybe it was Washington, but you were the at least 50th highest-paid quarterback in the
7: NFL at the time? Does that sound no. about right? I was in Tampa. I was number 54. <laughs> and you were starting? So- I was a 54th. It was only 2018 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> if I do the math there. Well... And, and I come to find out that the backup quarterback, Mike Ray, who had played at SC, Mike Ray was making more money than me and he was my backup. <laughs> oh, no. How do you not get angry? Or well, did you? That, well, you know what? That's a good question. Not that I didn't get angry, but you know what? What, what? what could I have done back then? You and I both know. Back then, if, if you got cut, and somebody get on the telephone and tell you, you know, "I wouldn't take this guy," and you know he's this and he's that, you was gone. wasn't no salary cap implication, wasn't nothing. You know, you just had to leave. You you wasn't getting that opportunity. So, to me, it was all about being humble and 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 deal with it for what you have to deal with. You know, I played played all my life for nothing in college and high school, and enjoyed the game, but not as a business. But at the same time. You was getting paid. It might not have been fairly, but after the five years was up, when it was time to negotiate, I I thought I looked at it from a different perspective then.
2: I just brought up a couple of minutes ago prior to you joining us that I think Kaepernick and the best landing spot would be Kansas City. Andy Reid just won a Super Bowl. He brought in Michael Vick after he went to prison. You got the most secure position in football with Patrick Mahomes. And you could bring him in as a backup quarterback just to get him back in the game. And then maybe he gets a fair shot with somebody after that, a real contract, a real offer. What do you think about that?
7: I think, you know, when you talk about Andy Reed, number one, you are talking about a number one individual. You know, I had an opportunity uh, to talk to Andy Reed uh, right after he brought Michael Big back. And, and what I asked him was coach, Give me one reason why you you bring Mike a big, big back. And he told me he was as real as real can get. You know, he had two sons, and, and they had gotten in a little trouble. He said, hey, my son got in trouble. He said, everybody deserves a second chance. And then you know what? That was good enough for me. And I think if anybody could could <laughs> stomach that and handle uh, Kaepernick and and, and and mentor him and, and understand where he's coming from, it would be Andy Reed.
2: If you didn't go to the USFL, then you go to Oklahoma, I believe? I, I, I
7: wonder laws, right.
2: like how important that was for you to get back into the NFL.
7: To be honest with you, Dan, it wasn't. Oh, okay. I, I did not play one single down of football in 1983. And I always looked at it from this standpoint. You know, when I went to Graham State University, it was not to play professional football. I went there to get a degree in health and physical education to be a coach. My oldest brother was my first coach. I wanted to be like my oldest brother. And in 1983, when went through the contract situation with the Buccaneers, um, I spent the whole year at Northwestern Middle School in Zachary, where my brother was the principal as a substitute teacher. <laughs> so, and you know, I and, and then I had a you know a baby girl at that particular time. So. Football wasn't that important to me in 1983 because I just lost my wife. And in 83, was you realize in life that um, football might not be as important as life. And, and the most important thing is you being happy doing what you want to do. Who's going to play you in the movie? That's a good question. I don't know. You know, my, my kids, I was on a Zoom call with them last night and all they was talking about getting their they are tailor-made red hair, and they black dress to walk the red carpet. And, and then, <laughs> I, got a, I got a son who's actually the um, quality control coach in the quarterback room down in New Orleans. And uh, he said, well, Dad, I can play a young Doug Williams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can he throw like you? i tell you what, he had a good arm. He's taller, he's skinny, though. He's about six four. He played for me at Grammy. And uh, we we did win a conference championship with him. So, um, but he's been down there with Sean Payton in the last three years. So he's doing pretty good.
2: Did the Redskins consider Colin Kaepernick? Since you work with them, has that conversation has that I, ever has that ever come
7: no, up? No, no, it didn't never come up. But Dan, I think what happened here, you know, we are in a heavily heavily uh, military area, and I think the guy that sits in on Pennsylvania Avenue sixteen hundred. Pennsylvania Avenue, and made such a big stink of it. Um, the fans in this area, might have been a tough situation for, for both the team and, and him. And sometimes you don't want to bring people in a, in, a, in, a, in a situation where nobody's going to be happy. And I think that's, that's probably what happened, why he didn't come up during that time.
2: Great to talk to you, as always. I wish you luck with the movie. Hope you find somebody handsome who can throw a nice spiral to play you in the movie. And uh, the book is Quarter Black. It's Doug Williams, the former Super Bowl hero. Great to talk to you again, Doug.
7: Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it.
2: All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com
5: slash The Dan Patrick Show. All right, everybody, game off.
1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere.
2: Get tickets now. If you like where Mercedes-Benz has been, you're going to like where they're going. With a full range of EVs now available at your local dealer, Mercedes-Benz is turning electric completely on its head. Experience, the all-electric EQB, a versatile luxury SUV that can seat as many as seven. The brilliantly advanced and superbly equipped EQE SUV, positively alive with groundbreaking technology. The inspired EQE, the electric sedan with energizing comfort features that recharge you. The boundlessly capable EQS SUV, a vehicle that takes luxury and innovation to places they've never been before. And of course... The magnificent EQS, the flagship of all EVs, delivering the Mercedes electric experience on a truly epic scale. The vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at your local dealer or MBUSA.com
0: EQ. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. I think I
2: need to hire somebody. Keep my paperwork in order here. Let me see if I got something I need to tell you about. Oh, the DP Show store, Father's Day. You have till Monday. If you want to get it for Father's Day, you have to do it by Monday. Father's Day. Got good gear. New shirts, caps, mugs. McLovin's got his lid on today. The uh, Get Off My Lawn t-shirt there, danpatrick.com. Deadline is Monday. Make sure you order. Yes, Seaton?
6: Things uh, getting a little cluttered over there with all that paperwork? Yeah, yes, they are.
2: So it, it, it's
4: just hitting you now that your desk is uh, a mess. Tad, tad cluttered? Yes. <laughs> Do you guys think it's a mess? It, it, your desk looks like, you know when you go in the grocery store and they have 70 oranges in a pile, and if you take one orange out, the whole thing is going to fall? You see those videos? When I walk by your desk, I walk by your desk every morning before you enter. I walk slowly around. I make no physical contact with your desk, and I drop a pile of papers for you to read. Yeah. I haven't touched your desk in eight years because I'm so afraid that the whole thing's going to collapse.
2: Well, we do have a lot here, and um, <laughs> it's kind of encroaching on my actual job because I, I collect everything here. Let's clean it up. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. What do you mean can't? I, I, I just can't get rid of anything. I can't. Yeah, Todd.
5: It's one thing to collect stuff, but you don't have to necessarily display everything. You can hold on to millions of things, but if you put it in a more appropriate place that so you're not scrambling for important papers. Yeah, during But the this, it, it all has a purpose here.
6: Yes, yeah, because Todd is actually the exact opposite of you, where he would take everything that he needed for work every day, just in his briefcase, take it out in the morning, put it back in in the afternoon and leave. He's, he's the exact opposite of yeah, you. You would like never know I
5: even worked there at ESPN. My cubicle yeah. was spotless, but once I shoved everything back in my briefcase, you would think that like uh, something happened to me, or, like there's nobody there. It's perfectly clean. Maybe a, a piece of celery for, or for a piece of my tuna sandwich from lunch. That's about it.
2: Yeah, but you have a briefcase, and you don't need a briefcase.
5: I don't. I do. I have a lot of stuff in my bag that I don't need. I have stuff in there as if, like, for some, if you would think that like I was going to be like leaving home for a while, and like just you like to, have, to
2: give the presentation. That you're a businessman.
5: Yes. Yeah. You, you, had a, you look important that you got a lot of stuff going on.
2: We have our uh, discover moment of the week, and it was uh, the great Cody from Tennessee who joined us to tell us about the time he was offered a used Tahoe when he played in the SEC as a punter. Here is Cody. All right, more phone calls. Uh, Cody in Tennessee. Hi, Cody. What do you have for me today?
8: Hey fellas, uh, I've just commented on the and Pan. I uh, I played in the SEC for four years, and so seen it and, and was around it. And uh, I'd be surprised to see if there's a, if there's a paper trail. You know, my, my one of my favorite coaches told me that he's like, you know, if the NCAA comes looking, the the programs that are trying to be the cleanest will be the dirtiest from the outside because there's not a facilitator, and then you have. Road boosters who are doing dumb things. I, I got an offer to Tahoe. I I was dumb enough to call my dad and tell him I was on the way to get it, and uh, and and so I didn't get it. But you know, it's it's simple to do. You know, my booster calls his car guy, tells him what I'm good for, and I was. In route to go, he had three on the lot used, and and uh, and so I go in, I fill out the paperwork, I apply for the financing in-house, I'm going to guarantee you get approved in-house, and uh, and then he's going to give me the money to make the payment
5: every month.
2: So that was uh, Cody, our uh, Tennessee reporter there, a punter in the SEC, didn't want to tell us which school. I have an idea. I said, uh, should I end the call War Eagle or Roll Tide? And uh, he said, no, no, but you're getting closer. Discover moment of the week. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Sean in California. Hi, Sean. What do you have for me today?
9: Good morning, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was just wanting to comment on some of the things you were talking about with the Colin Kaepernick situation and where might be a great landing spot for him. I agree with everything you said, but I think an even better spot for him would be the Baltimore Ravens for all the reasons that you mentioned, that Andy Reid and that team with a very secure quarterback position, all of that makes sense. But the Ravens also have Greg Roman and almost the exact same offense. Yep that he was running in San Francisco with, I mean, Frank Gore is is Mark Ingram and possession receivers all over the place. And if for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson, who they're not going to bench for Colin Kaepernick, for whatever reason, he goes down and you got a guy that you can plug in that makes all the sense in the world to me. The only thing that I was thinking of that could have been a problem is the failure to get it done a couple of years ago with Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend chiming in, saying the things that she said about the Ravens. But at a certain point, you got to make smart football decisions and that just seems like the smartest
2: to me. Yeah, that's been brought up before, Sean, and and those are the two teams that I thought. Uh, I thought Seattle to begin with and then it was Baltimore. Now that the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, you have Andy Reid there. He's secure in his job and you got Patrick Mahomes. He's got the most secure job in all of football and he has been not outspoken. He's just speaking up. And I think that this, that, that could be a soft landing space for Colin Kaepernick. I don't know why Seattle didn't bring him in because Pete Carroll brought it up that they talked about it. Uh, but he said it was a different time and yeah, maybe he gets a chance. Maybe he just comes in and understands. I'll be a backup quarterback for a year. So people can see how I handle this. What are my actions? And then maybe he gets a legitimate chance. Judd Apatow, the great writer, director, producer, will join us coming up. At Bed
1: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more, mbusa.com slash EQ
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.